Welcome to the NPFCC Messages Podcast. This podcast is one in a series on prayer, where we explore how prayer is the communication that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. Our hope is that this series helps you view and practice prayer in a brand new way. We also want to point you to a supplemental resource designed specifically for your life group to process this together. So visit practicingtheway.org slash prayer to run this prayer practice. Again, that's practicingtheway.org slash prayer. We hope this message blesses you. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. I don't have uh, Rudy's deep voice, but yesterday morning our good friend Rudy spoke at our men's breakfast and he knocked it out of the park and just, it was so perfect. And don't all of us need prayer this morning? That's what it is all about. That's what this series has been about. And um, as you're standing, uh, just let me pray once again uh, that we receive what God has for us today. Our Heavenly Father, we stand here in the need of prayer. Father, um, not because we need anything except we need you. And Father, my prayer this morning, Father, you know has been that this morning that people who have been seeking for a long time will just hear your voice this morning. That Father, those who maybe are newly discovering what life with you could be like, Father, help them hear your voice. Father, help each one of us hear from you this morning. And then, God, would you give us the courage to obey? We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. And we thank you for the gift of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You can be seated. As uh, Valentine's Day was approaching, young man goes over to CVS and he's looking around um, and, uh, so that he could get something for his new girlfriend. And so he, uh, he grabs a small box of candy, a medium-sized box of candy, and a big-sized box of candy. And he looks over and he notices the line is shorter over at the pharmacy. So he goes over and he, he buys, he says, hey, can I pay for this? And the pharmacist says, sure, come on over. And he looks at the box and he goes, oh, he goes, um, you got three different sizes here. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I'm, he goes, I'm, I'm going to my girlfriend's house uh, for dinner with her family and then we're going to go out afterwards and he said, um, if, if she lets me hold her hand, I'm going to give her the small box. <laughs> if, uh, she get, if she lets me give her a peck on the cheek, then she gets the medium-sized box. And if there's some real smooching going on, then I'm going to give her the large box. So uh, he, he goes home, and, and he gets ready, and he goes uh, to the house for dinner. And he's sitting there, and as he sits at the, at the dinner table, he looks at the family, and he says... He says, hey, I'd like to pray. And everybody kind of looks at him funny, you know, he's the guest and everything. And, then, and they said, well, sure, go, go right ahead. And he, he just goes into this very, very um, uh, intense prayer. 
and he's just very, um, like, he's just praying it up and praying it up, and he comes to an end, and the girl leans over, and she goes, wow, that was, that was amazing. He goes, I, I didn't even know you were religious. And he looks over at her and says, and I didn't know your dad was a pharmacist. Like we've been saying, at some point, we all pray. Amen? At some point, we all come around, even atheists will come around at the end and say, dear God, we know we have this need for him, and so we pray. We're in week three of this teaching series because we are constantly being bombarded with noise, with voices, so many voices vying for our attention Aren't you tired of it? And don't you wish you could just cut through the noise and hear what's really, truly important? And if we're going to navigate this barrage of competing voices, and if we're going to live with peace and we're going to live with confidence, if we're going to be able to discern the voices that are true and good and right, and godly, we are going to have to be people who are connected to Jesus through prayer. Without it, you are a sitting duck for all of the voices that are vying for your attention. And I believe that without regular prayer and learning to hear God's voice, you will get sucked in to the vortex of doom that our world proclaims every single day. Our working definition for prayer in the series has been prayer is the communication, highlight communication, that keeps us connected, empowered, and growing in our relationship with God. Without it, you won't be connected, you won't feel empowered, and you certainly won't deepen your relationship with our Heavenly Father. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of spending time daily talking to God, being with, you know, talking with God, right? So how is it going? You know, we, we put up the in week one, and, and if you haven't seen it, been here with us, just go back and listen to the last couple of weeks. You can go online and get those. In the first week, we gave you a pray acrostic. We even gave you the tool. We gave you a video you could just watch, and it would go through. There's the QR code if you still need it. It's on our website. And that you, it would just go, excuse me, guide you through this five-minute time of prayer. And we said, hey, we just, we're just like asking you, invest five minutes every morning, and five minutes every evening. If you're doing it, is it making a difference? I know it is for me, even though I still have to set my alarm at 10 at night to make sure that I'm paying attention, right? Because I'm, I it just, like so the one nice thing about technology, right? And so I get this reminder, okay, you, you, pray, 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 right? But, but it is doing a powerful thing in my life because it's making me look at prayer differently, than I had been before. And, and I'm just giving him this time. And I got to tell you, I'm look, I look forward in the morning. In the morning, I just look forward to, to taking a moment before my feet hit the ground and just say, Lord God, I want to praise you. Lord God, hopefully I didn't sin during my sleep, but if I did, you can take care of that. Lord, I'm asking you to be with me through my day. And Father, I just want to yield to your will and not make stupid mistakes based on my own today. So God, would you just guide me? Now the question is this. 
especially for those of you who are like, okay, the five minutes, we got that, we're, we're making it work. Are you ready for 10? I, I, I know, right? You're like, oh my gosh, five. I'm like, I, I just, I'm getting the five down, I'm ready for 10. Here's the good news. What if I told you I could double your prayer life this morning and you don't have to say another word? You don't need to say anymore. In fact, you need to say less. Because talking to God is only half the conversation. And I would contend it shouldn't even be half, right? Because whose words are really more important, yours or God's? So maybe he should do more of the talking and we should do more of the listening. Like my mama said, God gave me one mouth and two ears. That should tell you something. And and I think this is so important for us. While most people will talk to God, very few listen to him. In uh, George Bernard Shaw's play, Joan of Arc, one of the characters comes to Joan of Arc, right, because she's on her crusade because she heard God calling, and he asked her, why is it that God speaks to you, but I, but he doesn't speak to me? And Joan replies, the voice speaks to you all the time. You just fail to listen. And maybe it's because we're skeptical when someone else says that they've heard from God. I I mean, think about that. I mean, why is it that when we talk to God, we call it prayer, but if we say God talks to us, people think we're crazy? Hearing from God is not just for the spiritually elite people, right? It's not just for pastors and apostles and people that got wrote about in the Bible. It's for every single one of us. Because every believer has been given the Holy Spirit that resides in them. And he's here to teach, to lead, to guide, to direct, to prompt, to empower, to convict. How many of you know that you need some of that this morning? Can someone say amen? Amen. We need that this morning. Being open to the leading of the Holy Spirit is not (laughs) optional if we want to live a transformed life. How many of you want to be transformed this morning? See, Scripture demonstrates that God wants to communicate with us. Throughout Scripture, in every book of the Bible, God is speaking to people. That's what it's all about. God wants to communicate. He wants to speak to us. And we want to do all the talking. So this morning, we want to focus on the listening. Now, here's some reasons that we do not hear. We do not hear, I think, um, primarily, uh, the first reason is this. We, We don't believe that God will talk to us. In fact, we're a little bit like, uh, like I'm not sure I want him to. I I love this quote by uh, John Ortberg in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted. It says, if I'm to have a relationship with God that is in any sense personal, I must be open to the possibility that sometimes God speaks directly to me. Like, if you're going to have a personal relationship with him, you got to think that, like, he's going to say something. I mean, could you imagine having a relationship with somebody and they never say anything? Now, I know Brenda thinks, like, she can hardly get a word in edgewise. But there has to be conversation back and forth. But we don't often give Jesus the time. We, we just walk up, we dump, and then we turn around. And I think Jesus is just going, uh, 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 hey, I, I got something for you. And we're just on to the next. And that's how we've learned to live life. The question this morning is this, 
do you believe that God wants to speak to you? I hope that you believe it. Now, here's the next question. How important is it to you to hear the voice of God? Because the reality is, is we make time for what is most important to us. If I get a call right now that one of my children is hurt or in need, something happened to one of my grandkids, I love y'all, but I'm out. Right? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Right? Um, I, I got to tell you, like, y- you make time for what is most important. And so you look at your schedule and you ask yourself, like, well, what's most important to me? You, you already know it. You're doing it. And the question is, will you adjust that to truly make hearing God's voice important to you? Like I said earlier, if you can't do five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, something is seriously out of balance. I'm still shocked that nobody has taken me up and said, okay, I need to come talk to you about that. Either you all are doing really, really good, or you are floating down that river of denial. Here's the thing. God God is not playing hide and seek with you. He's not hiding out there going, okay, like if you come and, you know, he wants so desperately to talk to you. He's not hiding. He's in plain sight. He's there for every single one of us, and he wants you to hear his voice. John chapter 8, verse 47 says this, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but don't, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Woo. So what does that tell you if you're not hearing from him? And you, you have got to, you, we have got to align ourselves. So here's the thing. The first reason that we don't hear is we don't really believe maybe that he's talking to us or maybe we just don't want to hear. Number two, our lives are too noisy, too loud, too busy, too chaotic. How many of you know that is absolutely true? this morning. Yeah. I mean, think about how many different voices come at you every single day. They're all vying for your attention. They all want your allegiance. And unfortunately, God gets lost in the pace, the crowd, and the noise of our lives. Listening, (laughs) excuse me, listening requires that we slow down, that we quiet down, and we declutter. If it's important for you to hear the voice of the Lord, you need to slow down, you need to quiet down, and you need to declutter. Listening takes time, so you'll have to set aside time. Listening takes quiet because you cannot listen when your mouth is engaged or when your brain is running 100 miles an hour. You've heard many of us quote this here. Um, One one time, um, John Ortberg asked Dallas Willard um, what um, would be necessary to have a deeper spiritual relationship with God, and he simply said, you have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. 
And we'll keep saying that until people start getting it right. Because that's, that, that's our culture. We, we are all running at an unsustainable pace. And it's especially unsustainable if we expect that we are going to have an intimate personal relationship with the God who wants to talk to us. Because that, my friends, will require that we slow down, we quiet down, and we declutter our lives. And we need to find places and spaces to do that each and every day or you will crowd him out. So our lives are just too noisy. Or, and, 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 and nextly, we just, we just aren't tuned in. We're just not attentive. We slip into what John Ortberg calls spiritual um, mindlessness. I didn't realize this until like about two weeks ago that mindlessness is actually a psychological term. Psychologists define mindlessness as a tendency towards mental drift. How many of you are ailing from that? Mental drift, right? I'm like so good at that. And I don't think it's a good thing, right? I'm just like, I can be going one way. And then I, I don't even know how I got there. I'm just like over there somewhere doing something else. I was like, how did I even get here, right? We just drift and we, why? Let me tell you why. Because in the clutter of things, it's easier to just go with the stream of culture wherever it just takes you. And we don't have the capacity, strength. We don't have the ability to connect with God in such a way that we're strong enough to swim against the flow. So we just let it carry us. And it will carry you to nowhere good. And so we, and we, in order to fight that, we're going to have to tune in. We're going to have to tune in. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 to 2 says, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. I love that. So New Living Translation is like, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth Shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. In other words, it's, it's, it's evil to just go through the motions. And how many of that, is that the case in our regular everyday life? We're just going through motions, going through motions, right? Hamster on the wheel. We're just doing it, okay? We're surviving. We're getting it going, right? And even it seeps into the way that we approach God. We mindlessly grow through some motions. We check off a couple boxes and we think, okay, I'm, I'm good. But quite simply, we aren't tuned into God or to his voice. Now, I've used this illustration before. Um, so for those of you who've been around for a while, just, just bear with me. But I, I, I thought, I was trying to think of a better illustration. I just couldn't. Um, and so this, this is my, my little radio. Let me, let me get it turned on here. All right, there we go. Let me see if I can crank it up here. That's most of your lives, by the way. But you know, you just you just, you gotta you gotta like hit the little the little thing here. Professional grade cookware to restaurants and home kitchens. Their cookware can be found at madeincookware.com. All right. All right. Got some '80s folks in the room. Challenging season with healthcare. All right. Oh yeah, thanks Caleb, right? Got some worship music finally. So, but here's the thing. So, um, is 
you, you have to get the right frequency, right? You, you have to like, you have to dial it in. You have to like, you have to tune into that. And the only way to do this, now, now this is kind of interesting. The only way that you can do this is you have to like turn it on and then you have to start moving something. And then what do you do? You have to listen to it. And then you start discerning. Is that, is that what I want to hear? Right? Like, is, is that the, is that what, is, that's not the voice I want to hear. So, so you keep, so you keep moving, right? And you, you keep going until you hear what you, what you need to hear. And, and, and so we, we, we really need to tune in. And here's the other thing about it is that, um, that the sound, right? The music, you don't hear it right now, do you? Okay, good. Cause then we don't have to call anyone to take you away. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's here. Right? It's here. It's, it's floating around. In this, it's all over the place. Right? It's just, it's just floating through thin air. But you have to do something, right? You got to turn something on and you got to do something in order to dial it in. And once you do that, then you get the right frequency and you listen. Now, here's the other thing. Frequency is an interesting word because it has multiple meanings. Is how do you learn to hear God's voice? Well, you got to first tune into the frequency, but then you have to do that with frequency. You have to do that day in and day out because how do you get to know somebody's voice? By hearing it over and over and over and over again, right? You guys all know this. When you call somebody, they don't have to tell you who they are and not just because your phone pops up and tells you. But you listen and you go, oh yeah, that's, you know, I know who that is. You know how I know this works? My favorite thing. Brenda, almost every morning, as I'm getting ready to walk out the door, she is FaceTiming with one of the grandkids. And I'm doing things and I'm getting ready. And I start to walk out the door sometimes. And I tell Brenda, hey, hon, I'm, I'm out the door. I'll see you later. And you know what I hear over that little phone? Papa! Papa, right? Because they heard, they, I was in the distance and they heard my voice, just this faint thing in the background. They didn't even see me on the phone. They just heard me say goodbye. And they're like, Papa, right? I got to tell there is nothing in this world that's better than that. You have to hear the voice over and over and over again. And you got to tune into that. <laughs> we need to tune into our Savior's voice. Jesus speaking about himself in John chapter 10, verses 2 through 5, he says this. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He's talking about himself here. He's a good shepherd. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. Do you recognize the Savior's voice? Are you spending enough time to where you know it's, 
him because I got to tell you, I get a lot of questions all the time. How do I know? How do I know? How do I know? And you know what my first response usually is? We haven't really been spending much time with him, have you? Because if you heard it over and over again, you would hear his voice. How do we recognize the voice? We dial in to the right frequency, and we do it with frequency, daily spending time with God in his word, because that will help you recognize his voice. So we got to tune in. The fourth thing is this, why we don't hear. We're afraid of what he'll say. Let's just get honest here, right? Over years of being a pastor, I've gotten to share the good news of Jesus with a lot of people, and they are scared. Some people, most people, they're scared to death that God is going to tell them to stop doing something or to start doing something. And I tell them every time, oh yeah, he's going to. (laughs) And if you're serious about listening to him, he will do that daily. In fact, don't you wish, anybody in the room wish that there was somebody who would tell you daily what right thing to do and what things not to do. Is anyone else would like that kind of personal assistant? Anybody? Come on. Anybody, like, play along with me. Guys. Really? You guys got it all together? Or how many of you would dig that? How many of you are down? Right? Folks, it is called the Holy Spirit. And he will do it for you if you pay attention to him. I'm guessing most of the time when I really mess up, it is because I did not spend appropriate time connecting to the Holy Spirit to hear him tell me, Ken, remember the last time you did that? Not so good. Right? Or, hey, Ken, this is a better option. Right? We, got to, we can't be afraid because he wants what's best for you. And I heard this great thing. Here's why we're afraid. I heard this great thing from a, a pastor um, from Africa who was on a podcast um, for um, a, a thing on listening um, and prayer um, for um, um, the, the Way of Jesus podcast. And it, it, it said, he simply said this, the reason that we're nervous is because we know this, because revelation comes with responsibility. When, when he reveals something to you, now you're responsible for it. And a lot of us are scared to death. They're like, whoa. I honestly, before Brenda and I got engaged, I, I sat her down. And man, I, I just, I, I knew, I, you know, that I want to marry her. And we, I, I said, okay, what if God calls us to Zimbabwe? I just picked Zimbabwe out of the air. And she's like, I, she's looking at me like, uh, is he saying that to you? <laughs> right? The good news is, the good news is, this is how awesome my wife is. She says, if we know it's the Lord, we'll go. And I was like, that's the kind of girl I'm going to marry, right? So it's like, yeah, but it's like some, we're nervous, okay? Don't be scared. He has your best in mind. And let's face it, when, when we, let's, let's just be honest. The reality is when we are usually talking to God, we're telling him what we need, and, and we don't seek his voice until we're either in trouble or facing something really difficult, a difficult decision, right? Then we want to hear from him. So let's face it, when we seek God's voice, we're usually seeking answers. But when God speaks, he's seeking relationship. Somebody should write that down. 
when we seek when we seek God's voice, we're usually seeking answers. When God speaks, he's seeking relationship. How often do you seek God's voice when you're not in trouble or don't need an answer? How many of you just want to hear from him? Uh, there, there are some days, and I'll, you know, I don't do it as often as I could or should, but there's some days I just call Brenda just to hear her voice, right? What, what's it called when the only reason you seek someone out is when you need something from them? What, 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 is, what is that called? Like using them? I'm just wondering how much our relationship with God, we're just using him for what we think we want. So how do we position ourselves to tune into God, okay? And I'm just going to rapid fire through some of this stuff. Isaiah 55, 3. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. That, my friends, is a verse you should all memorize. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I want to share with you a story that absolutely revolutionized my prayer life. It's in the Old Testament, in the book is First Samuel, um, and the story, it's a story of the life of Samuel. Um, Samuel's mother, mother, just a little bit of context so you know where this comes from, Samuel's mother, Hannah, was not able to have children. And she prayed and prayed and prayed year after year after year. She would go to the temple and pray. Her husband would even give her extra sacrifices to make, to try to, you know, talk to God and like, so she could have children. And year after year after year, she would go and she would pray. And one time she went and she was praying and she's early in the morning and she's praying and her lips are moving and nothing's coming out. And the priest, Eli's watching her and he thought she was drunk. And she says, woman, put down the wine, right? Like, don't be drunk in here. And she goes, no, I am just deeply moved in spirit. And she says, I am not drunk. She goes, and I love it. She goes, it's, it's only like, it's early in the morning. I'm like, oh. But then she's like, and, and so he, Eli looks at her and says, says, hey, by this time next year, you, you'll, you'll have a child, right? And sure enough, it happens. And, and so her prayer just before he said that, her prayer was, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And what she meant was not just like, oh, I'll teach him Sunday school songs and nice things from the Bible. She meant, no, I will bring him back and he will serve in the temple as soon as he's old enough to walk, basically. And so Eli, not even knowing what she prayed, says, yep, next year you'll have a kid. And she did. And she bring, and, and then right after he had been weaned, right, which in those days, you know, you're looking at probably four or five years old. She brings him back. She, they said every year she would make him a new tunic, right, because he's growing. She'd bring it back. He's living at the tabernacle, right? And he's living there serving under Eli. And, and he's doing all kinds of things at the temple, but... She obeyed, like she said, like how many of you have ever played Let's Make a Deal with God? Lord, if you do this, I will, Lord, if I, if you help me pass the test, I will go to church every Sunday for a month. Has anyone ever prayed a prayer like that? Desperation prayers, right? Or hey, Lord, Lord, if you help me get this job, then I promise you I will start tithing. 
right? Like anybody pray prays like that? Anybody? Man, I just feel so alone this morning. So I got a question for you who have prayed those prayers. Did you? Good. Because <laughs> yeah, you were here. Yes. You, folks, this is not let's make a deal with God. Okay. I mean, how many, how many of you told people, like, you're talking to somebody, they're sharing some of you, and you go, I, 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 I'll, I'll be praying for you. And then you forgot to. Right? Just do it. How about this? Instead of saying, I'll pray for you, just, don't, just stop and do it right then. Right? So back to the text. Hannah follows through on the prophecy. He, he's there. He's serving in the temple. He grows older. And, and then there's this scene um, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And um, just like th- this passage just means a lot to me um, personally. And, 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 but it, it's just the story. And it says, it's the boy Samuel. He ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Not many, not many visions, right? So maybe that's today. So one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down on the house, uh, in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. I, I mean, so he's like, he's like in the tabernacle where the ark of God, like that's where the presence of God is supposed to be, right? So he's in a good place. But even though he's in a good place, listen to what happens next. He says, then the Lord called Samuel, 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 Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Some of you parents of children are cringing right now. So I was like, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of God had not been revealed to him. There's something really important right there that, that we need to pay really close attention to. You can go to church and not know the voice of the Lord. You can lay down and sleep next to the Ark of the Covenant and not know God. Just because you walked in the room, just because you're attending regularly, all those things, does not a relationship with Jesus make. And we run in danger of believing and tricking ourselves into the fact that it might. Because it happened with Samuel. A third time, God called Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You've already said that this morning, right? So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And the Lord came and he stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And verse 11 is really important. It's not on the screen, but it says this. And the Lord said to Samuel, 
Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That absolutely revolutionized my prayer life. Because like most people, I, I I'm, was really, really good at telling God what I thought he needed to hear. I was really, really good at asking God for all kinds of stuff, good stuff. I was asking God, you know, save these people and do all these things and do all this stuff. And, you know, like, thanks, God. Okay, I'll, you know, we'll see how you do with that list. But I wasn't, I wasn't listening to the God who desperately wanted to get my attention. And so I started this routine in my life where every morning I would get up and to get my brain going, I'd, I'd, I'd go for a walk and I'd go to a certain place and at about halfway spot in my walk, I loved our area, we are so blessed, and I'd, I'd go up to the top of the hill, my, one of my favorite spots is up at Rabbit Hill, uh, and, and I would walk up the hill, and I would stop at the top of the hill, and the whole time I was on my way there, I would just be like, I'm talking, right? Like, Lord this, and Lord that, and Lord that, every other thing, and I'm just kind of talking to the Lord, and it's kind of waking me up, and then I'd get to the top of the hill, and I would stop, and it would take just a minute, and take in the gorgeous views, <coughs> And then I would just stop and out loud, I would say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then I would just be quiet. And I got to tell you how many times, like my mind was jumbled, even with good stuff, like sermon stuff. But in that moment, God started connecting dots for me. And in that moment, God was revealing himself to me in ways that, that are even hard to explain sometimes, but just promptings and things. And, and, and he was moving in, in my life, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I just got to the point where like, I, I can't, like, I, I just can't miss that. And I think it's because he, I think God's just waiting for us to invite him in. Waiting for us to invite him. So how does God speak to us? Real quick, he speaks to us through his word, primary place, right? I think a lot of Christians, they're like waiting for, to hear some voice from the Lord on like, you know, and then they're like, well, you know, like I'm waiting to hear the Lord if I should like share the gospel with someone. I'm like, well, it's already in the word. You don't got to wait. Like, you know, I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me whether or not I should like invite my neighbor over for dinner. Um, the Bible says practice hospitality. You don't got to wait. Most of the stuff that you're asking him to do, he's already answered in the word. So get, get in it. The other way that God speaks is the Holy Spirit. Which, by the way, where, where is the Holy Spirit? Where's the primary place that the Holy Spirit resides? Anybody? Yeah, in you. Right? So wouldn't it make sense that if God's going to speak, it's not going to just come from out there somewhere. It's going to come from in here somewhere. Right? And so he's going to lead us with, with promptings. He's going to lead us with, with like guidance and direction, conviction of our hearts. He's going to guide us from within. And we just need to get better at listening and listening and listening. Now, and, and, and so he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 16, 17, he says, the Spirit will be in you. He will be in you. So listen from what's inside, and then we'll talk about it, and then discern it. Now, so he speaks to us through his word, through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us um, through his people. 
I've had person after person who God has used in amazing ways to speak to me. I had I had one time um, uh, a wonderful saint friend um, Judy Lloyd who was part of our church family here. She was in our life group, and one day she she comes and she she comes to the office. She says, "Can I talk to you?" And I said, "Sure," and I could tell she was something was bugging her, and I think she was just nervous because of what she was going to tell me. And she comes and she goes, she says, um, "So I, I know your daughter's getting married this summer." You've got all these things that you're planning and all these things happening. And she goes, and you got this trip to Ecuador that's right before and everything else. She goes, the Lord has been putting on my heart that I need to tell you you shouldn't go to Ecuador. And I was like, what? Like, you're crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> like there's a little bit inside going like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, you know, like, no, that, that whole Ecuador thing's a good thing, right? And I remember... I remember asking, like, hey, did we out? Yep, we hadn't done, we hadn't bought airplane tickets yet. We hadn't done anything. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. So I went and systematically talked to a few people and said, hey, this is what's happening. This is what someone's telling me, and maybe, maybe I'm supposed to listen. And we did. And we waited. And we put it off till another time. And I'm so glad that we did. But God used, you know, I heard the voice of the Lord. It just sounded a lot like Judy. And God wants to use us to speak to one another, but we got to be in tune to him. So the question I get all the time is, how do we know it's God? Number one, test it. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone in the world. Don't you know that's true? And so we got to test it. So how do we test it? Number one, the, the first way, um, number two, and this is, is God's word. This is why, this is why we keep talking, you got to get in God's word, right? Because you got to know when those voices come, is that God or not? Then the next thing is, um, will it help me become more like Christ? That's a great question. When I do this, will it be something that I could see Christ doing? Right? That's a great question. Number, the last one is this, confirmation by others, believers, right? Not your friends on Facebook, Right, just other believers. This, again, we, we say it all the time, get in a life group. You need people around you so they can help guide you through this. And what are you supposed to do if you hear from him? Well, you know, right? With revelation comes responsibility. You gotta obey. I love uh, the term that um, John Ortberg in his book uses. He says, we need to be relentlessly responsive to the voice of the Lord. Relentlessly responsive. The more you say yes, the more you hear his voice and you say yes to it, and the more you go through this process of testing it and checking it and then obeying, the more you will hear his voice. And the better you will get at it, it takes practice. And so what we want you to do is we want you to practice this week. And so we created another one of those things, one of those little videos Okay, this will get you to 10 minutes. There's a QR code. We're not going to do it right now. We're, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Okay? But you can, you can get that on your QR code. It's on our website. Just go to the prayer resource page. It's on the little handout thing. You can go do it later. I encourage you to try to go home today and do it. Or, or just hang out here in a few minutes. And just do it before you get home. And I'm just going to quickly, as we close, as we wrap up this morning... Um, I, I'm going to just walk you through what, what, what this kind of looks like, okay, in a really, really short way, and then we'll just kind of wrap up today with, with 
trying to just be sensitive to listening to God. When, when we started and we said, hey, you need to pray, P-R-A-Y, right? That was kind of our little tool to help us. We said, first you praise. And praise means that you are just telling God just how awesome he is. And remember, you don't need to just thank him for what he's done, okay? Praise him for who he is. He is powerful and majestic. He is creative. He is amazing. He's the one that popped that mountain up into the, up into the sky, and he's the one that holds the waves back. He is amazing. But after you tell him who you know he is, then take some time and listen to God tell you who you are. Because I am convinced that one of the greatest issues that most of us have in our walk with him is we have a faulty sense of identity. Because the rest of the world is trying to tell you who you are. The devil is trying to tell you that you are your sin. But God is trying to break through the noises and he's waiting for you to tune in to have you hear him say, you are my child. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are my masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That he loves you. That he has your best interest in mind. That you are cherished. You are a child of God. You take, like I want you to take 10 seconds and just like quiet your mind just who does God tell you you are the second part of the prayer acrostic was repent after you tell him what your sins were (laughs) and you confess those to him Again, one of the difficult things in most of our lives is we let the devil keep beating us up with the old sins that we've already given away to God. So take time after you tell God, hey, I'm sorry for this stuff. And we hand it to him. We say, Lord, here's my sin. I give this to you. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me. Then would you just listen, just stop and listen to him tell you you are forgiven. close your eyes right now and listen because he wants to tell you as far as east is from the west so as he removed your transgressions that he does not treat us as our sins deserve because he loves us and Jesus died on the cross so that you don't have to hold on to those anymore you are forgiven And then we get to ask and we give him our stuff and this is what we'd like. And, and, and would maybe this morning after you've asked and stuff, like, right, take time again to listen and listen to God's tell you, I will provide all your needs according to the glory of his, of his riches in Christ Jesus. That he is working out all things together for good for those who love him and are called to his purposes. That he's a God who wants to bless you and give you what is good. 
And that last one, I know for many of you, has been the hard one, the yield part, where we say, God, not my will, but yours. And that's the point when we can get there that we just listen, we open up our hearts, we say, and we just listen to God direct us and say, here's my will for your life. Here's the calling that I've placed on you. Here is, here is what is good for you today. And here's the things that you should not do because these will harm you. And, and listen to him as the wonderful parent just tell you, like, this is the direction that you should go. And then obey. Whatever he says, find a way to do it. So we're going to just end with this this morning. We've already done this this morning. Is Would you just, um, just stand and, and we're going to pray together. And it's going to be quite simple this morning. So I know we've talked a little bit about the posture of prayer. You can take any posture you want. <laughs> um, like we said, mostly in the Bible, they stood with arms wide open, ready to receive what God had for them. I'm just going to ask you to just pray this with me. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of prayer. You, you, you can say it. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of prayer. I am sorry, Father, that I don't come to you enough. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Thank you for listening to the NPFCC Messages podcast. If this message blessed you in any way and you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at npfcc.org. Again, that's npfcc.org. To support the ongoing work of our ministry, you can make a donation at npfcc.org give. But be blessed and may the Spirit empower you to actualize this message today.